Alumni Audio Lab. Welcome to the Alumni Audio Lab. This is our fifth issue. The Alumni Audio Lab is the podcast of the OEAD, which is the Austrian Agency for International Mobility and Cooperation in Education, Science and Research. My name is Doris Bauer and I talk with alumni of our organization about their studies and their research. They all studied and researched in Austria in some way with different scholarship programs of our organization. And now they work in many different disciplines and are very successful there. We talk about the life, the research, the background and the personal interests in their, in their field. My guest today at the Alumni Audio Lab is Professor Dr. Vittorio Pace. I thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much, Doris. It's a big pleasure for me to be here today. Vittorio is a researcher and the group leader at the Department of Pharmaceutical Chemistry at the University yes. of Vienna. And he's been here with an Ernst Mach Fellowship. Yeah, this he was my first contact with Austria. Yes, yes, that would have been my, I think, fourth question. <laughs> okay, then let's start right away. Vittorio, your academic career path brought you to quite a lot of different universities, I've read. Yes. And actually, nearly every graduation was from another university. Maybe, yes. Can, can you talk about which academic steps you took until now, which countries, which universities you have been for education and research? Okay. Yes, uh, I start uh, from the beginning. I obtained my uh, secondary school in, uh, in Italy, in southern Italy, because I come from a village, which uh, is always on my thing, is called the Palata. And then I went to Perugia in the center of Italy. It's just a city between uh, Rome and Florence, where I studied pharmacy. This was mainly because um, both my parents are pharmacists and they wanted me to, to continue that. But during my studies in, uh, in Perugia, I felt very attracted by the chemistry and mainly um, since the second year from um, organic chemistry. So I started to modulate at that time my career on the direction of organic chemistry. And uh, during the degree, I also spent a period, I think, seven, eight months uh, at the Complutense University in Madrid, in Spain, uh, which was uh, one of my best periods because uh, this experience in Spain opened me the field to two very important things for me, uh, my research and my life. My life because um, in Madrid I started to be familiar with the Spanish culture which is something that I have very always with me, I bring with me and uh, uh, for the career because at that time I could be in touch with uh, someone who really helped me for my career and uh, this was um, two people, Professor Sinisterra and Alcantara who encouraged me to apply for a doctoral position once I finished my studies in Italy. So in 2004, 2005, I finished my studies in Italy and immediately after I started my PhD, I think beginning of 2006, in Madrid with a very competitive grant. The, the, it's like a kind of um, special program for people who want to do an academic career. And this was a four-year uh, grant, which uh, was uh, very important for me because it allowed me to uh, start my career in Madrid, but with this grant I could move to different countries. And at that time I moved to uh, first to my native country, to Trieste, 
which is not so far from Austria, and it's a really nice place. And after to uh, Ghent in Belgium, and it was just this period in Ghent in Belgium when I, where I was working with Professor Norbert de Kimpe, who I started to realize that organic chemistry maybe could be my future. This was because it was a quite uh, a challenging environment, but uh, at the same time uh, was very stimulating for me. And so I started um, also to think on which kind of chemistry I wanted to, to, to finish, to do. And uh, at the same time, I also, at that time, I think I spent my first experiences in, uh, in Austria because uh, we had uh, connected to my research project in Madrid a, a special grant for a collaborative project between the University of Madrid and the University of Graz in, uh, here in Austria. And uh, with this possibility, I came just for, uh, I would say, maximum two, three months, I don't remember, in, uh, in Graz, and I started to be attracted by the style in Austria for both research, uh, research environment, and also uh, general culture. So at that time, I concluded my doctoral studies in uh, July 2010. And just before concluding my doctoral studies, I got the confirmation that I was awarded with an Ernst Mach grant from OAD. And so just after finishing this, I could uh, join the University of Vienna, the Department of Pharmaceutical Chemistry, for a postdoctoral position with uh, Wolfgang Goldzer, which is a little bit my one of my stars for my career. So this was bef just after the, before and the beginning of my um, postdoctoral studies. After, we, if you like, we can discuss. Yes, sure. You already said it a little bit, but is it an added value for you that you have studied on s in such different countries and such uh, different universities? Mainly, yes, because uh, this was, um, I think, working in different countries gives you one important point, that you can, uh, you can have different perspectives on a given topic. I think every laboratory, every unit, every research unit is like uh, a planet. And uh, I think uh, when you move from one place to another, to another, to another, you, have, you can have, I would say, a very broad vision on something. And even in a critical way, I mean, it's not only for getting the positive things, but also for uh, getting the the critical points that maybe will help you in modifying something when you go back in another place or something like that. So this is for sure. Yes, and you, already, uh, you also already mentioned it, your interest in pharmacy came from, or maybe it wasn't, not the interest, but the background from your parents. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Was it was it your wish to study pharmacy, or was it really just the no? Parents? I think no, no. I think it was was my, my wish in part. I mean, uh, during the secondary school, I really loved physics, but not chemistry. For one, critical things of the Italian system, and this that usually professors at high school in Italy, it's called the uh, liceo are not chemists or pharmacists. Uh, mainly they are biologists. And so I think uh, professors who should teach chemistry, of course, have not such a broad knowledge regarding chemistry. And of course, they focus much more on biology. So during my studies, I was uh, at the time, uh, now it's 20, more than around 20 years ago, I was much more attracted from, from uh, physics because I had a uh, couple of uh, very good professors which... Uh, motivated me. But after, the, the reason for which I moved, I started to pharmacy was because uh, uh, practically, I mean, I spent also 
all my childhood and a lot of time, mainly in summer or in the evenings, just in the pharmacy of my father. And so, I mean, I, I really like it a lot. That after, I mean, um, I still have, I'm a pharmacist, but uh, with a different perspective. I think because I don't, I think nowadays the big issue is that the people who graduated in pharmacy are not too well seen in the society because they just are considered like uh, uh, drug sellers or... Uh, Pill bringers. Uh, yes. Uh, this is the big issue. But I think uh, the society should really understand that people who, who stay behind a desk in the pharmacy really have a broad knowledge and uh, i'm a really a strong supporter of this uh, of this concept mm-hmm. because otherwise it seems that um, they are like graduated of second division so also for this also for i would say for um, a kind of personal uh, challenging behavior i said okay i like organic chemistry and i go for the true science yeah most of the steps you took were in europe except Two short stays I found in UCV, one in Japan and one in India. Yeah, but these were mainly visiting uh, position. I mean, because I, I, I have been in touch with uh, some colleague in Japan and in India. They invited me for giving a lecture and so on. So I think uh, I wouldn't say that these experiences were part of my formation. They were just visitings, just showing what we are doing. Okay, it was not getting to know what they are doing. It was more yeah. showing what you were yes, doing. Yes, okay, yes. Okay. Also because they were, I think, I would say limited. Yeah. But uh, if I can say something, uh, I would say uh, a part of my postdoctoral experience here in Vienna with uh, Wolfgang Goldzer, which was very fruitful, also because I really trust the strong support he gave to me at that time, and of course continues nowadays. But this also allowed me to put the basis for having the idea of how to lead a small group at that time. And the part of this experience, I think one of the strongest experience I had in my life was uh, my two years postdoc in Manchester in the United Kingdom. This was, uh, I would say, even a tough experience, but uh, really I think is the inspiration from that work I did, from that atmosphere I was uh, familiar with at the time, the way of uh, leading my group nowadays. I think it was the most uh, strong educational experience I had. For knowledge of chemistry, because this was like a, a continuous flow of chemistry in your body, practically, because we really worked hard. But uh, now I'm really, really indebted to my old supervisor, uh, Professor David J. Proctor in Manchester for that. Uh, would you say it's a, it's a higher standard in Manchester? It's a really, or? really high standard. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the School of Chemistry in Manchester is one of think, the highest reputed center for chemistry, for organic chemistry in, in all the United Kingdom. So the standard and the expectations are high. Do you see Europe as a common research area, as one research area, or is it on the national level more focused? I think uh, nowadays it's much more a single unit, like common unit, even if there are uh, countries that nowadays are a little bit uh, not at their first positions. This mainly also depends on funding uh, and, and sure. so on, yeah. But uh, I would say there is a common uh, nucleus on that. Let's come now to Austria. It was one step, one of your steps, or it was actually two steps in your academic path. It was Graz and now it is Vienna. Yeah. It was also the latest. Since three years, you're now the uh, group leader in the organic synthetic chemistry yeah. at the University of Vienna. And last year you habilitated also here yes. in Vienna. What brought you to Vienna finally? Or was Vienna your first choice? Or was it just... Uh, I think uh, since the moment I had to leave Vienna for moving to Manchester, my strong 
TSR, my strong commitment was coming back to Vienna because I think uh, the University of Vienna and uh, the Department of Pharmaceutical Chemistry are really, really top places for doing research, uh, for the environment and so on. So I knew when I had to leave Vienna after finishing the Mach Fellowship for going to Manchester that uh, this experience plus the, uh, the latest postdoc I also did in, uh, in Stockholm was uh, pivotal for finding the possibility to come back to Vienna. So this was my, I mean, when I was to Manchester, to Stockholm, I always knew very well that there were like uh, temporary experiences. I never considered I could stay in Manchester or in Stockholm. And I had always, my first my first objective was coming to Vienna. So this was also, I would say that in, in this kind of career, you have also to, to, to find some kind of luck. And uh, at that time, the luck was because uh, the, uh, the department just was completely um, refurbished. Was uh, a new head of the department took up uh, the chair for the department. And uh, at that time, I mean, I had the possibility to, to have some uh, informal conversation with uh, Professor Thierry Langer, who is now the, at that time and you're now the head of the department. And uh, in his idea of department uh, development, there was a strong uh, focus on synthetic chemistry. So I applied when the, the call was announced for the, for the public evaluation and so on. And after I finally got uh, this, uh, this position, which is my actual position after I habilitated uh, for pharmaceutical chemistry in November last year. Did you ever consider to go back to Italy or is your field of research not so a thing on the universities you've been? In Italy is, is my country and uh, I, it's quite known that I'm, uh, I would say, even a strong nationalist, Italian. So I really, this is a way to say that I really love my country. However, I don't see nowadays Italy as a leader country for at least my subject I would say this moment I do not consider Italy if I had to change Vienna with another place my first option even if I mean I'm uh, uh, quite familiar with uh, the universities uh, mechanisms in Italy uh, I have really strong contacts and I have to say that uh, now I, I, I have a group of around I don't know, 14, 15 people, in, in, more or less during this uh, academic year I had. And I would say that uh, maybe 12 or 11 are Italians. So I have a really strong connection with Italian University. But for my position nowadays, I do not see Italy as my... I mean, I would consider other countries, but not Italy. Would you would you say that's universally that if you're a young researcher who wants to make a career, you have to be flexible to change the country? Mm, I think this is important, but also uh, it derives a point, a moment during your career in which you have to try to establish yourself. I mean, because it's nice to be like, with full respect, gypsy during a while, but uh, uh, at the end, I think you have always to, to try to put your place fixed also for allowing the name of the institution to be known for something in your little work you are doing okay then let's talk now about your research and let's start with the basics because i hardly understand anything when i try to read about your work 
but I'm not big in in, in chemics, so <laughs> that's fine. I try this. Yeah, you you're a pharmaceutical chemist. What does that mean? What are you working on? And maybe in easy words. Okay, uh, <laughs> I mean, in the as a world uh, scenario, pharmaceutical chemistry is the design, the development, uh, the synthesis, and uh, the biological essay of drug candidates. So if we we think, I mean, nowadays there are really potent methods for uh, for uh, designing a drug via computer systems and via uh, the so-called molecular modeling studies. And this is very, very one of the I would say one of the 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 top uh, the top uh, research points of our department. There are really two strong, and Professor Ecker and Professor Langer are really active in this, uh, in this field. And so the synthesis many times is involved on that because uh, finally the synthetic chemist is uh, producing the, the drug candidate. I mean, it's producing the power which finally will be tested by uh, other pharmaceutical chemists or by pharmacologists. So we are just in the middle. We are just pre- preparing the material which after is forwarded for biological essays. Because without synthesis, the pharmaceutical chemistry cannot exist. Because we really provide the, the, true, uh, the true material which will be tested and which will be possible responsible for the biological, uh, for the biological response. And uh, in this context, I would say, I don't know if it's correct doing this kind of uh, comparison. It's like the um, pharmaceutical chemists, which are more modelers, are like uh, architects. And pharmaceutical chemists, which are synthetic, are like uh, the engineers, which do, for example, the calculation for the, for the, for the building. I don't know how to explain this. So we are just in a crucial way. And after we do provide the pure compounds, which will be tested, analyzed, and uh, vacuolated for uh, the final administration to um, an animal or to a human body. And uh, this is, uh, I would say, in a, um, in a broad context, the concept of synthetic medicinal chemistry. Uh, for my education, I, always, I almost always I was working at faculty of pharmacy, but I always have been worked in synthetic groups, which a part of producing some uh, drug candidates, we do it also here in Vienna, but we also develop new synthetic methods. So we try to bring new concepts in synthetic chemistry. And this is, I would say, much more an organic chemistry work. Um, so we have like two research lines, mm-hmm. one for the synthesis of drugs and one for the development of new synthetic methods. And I would say the latter one is my, my big point and also on that I habilitated. Okay. And how can we imagine that if you try to find new methods for this synthetic work, are you just mixing up two different substances and hope for the best? Or <laughs> I, mean, it, uh, I have um, a research field. At the beginning of the interview, I say that one very important moment in my career was the experience I had in, in Belgium with uh, Norbert de Kimp, Professor Norbert de Kimp. And at that time, I think one of the last days, I, w- I had to work with this kind of uh, lithium reagent. I, I w- I'm working a lot with the lithium reagents are, are really reactive species that you have to 
really take care of how tame their reactivity because otherwise they can be a mess. And at that time, I think he was suggesting if you want to do a postdoc, even in the next steps of your career, please consider this chemistry because it's always a new chemistry, but at the, time, at the, the same time, it's like a, an old chemistry. So, and nowadays, on this particular field of lithium chemistry, the use of lithium carbonates, no many people were working. So I was also fortunate that I could start this, this, uh, this research on, on, on that topic. And uh, effectively now what we are doing is just uh, doing, um, I would say, one of the uh, simplest synthetic operations, which are like the formation of new carbon-carbon bonds. This is, I, this is, I would say, the essence of organic chemistry. It's really the basis, it's the chemistry for which uh, maybe in the beginning of, of last century uh, Grignard won the Nobel Prize. Mm -hmm. And for rookies like me, organic chemistry is when you work with carbon-based uh, substances. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay. This. And uh, perhaps I think uh, uh, almost all the commercial available drugs mainly are uh, organic substances. There are very few that which are not organic. Okay. I think I would say maybe 98%, I would say. And so this is my, my, special, uh, my special field of research, to work with this kind of lithium carbonates, which is giving, uh, is nice, but uh, is giving us a lot, a lot of really nice results. And I think this is, in this period after the habilitation, I think we really got our best work so on that, after a long time, but... And how is this synthesis, synthesis. synthesis um, actually working? You take two substances and you need something to bring them to and Usually we react. do uh, we, we do reaction like in glass uh, material, like beakers or uh, flasks. And uh, one particular thing of our chemistry is the use of uh, two or three strange conditions. One is usually the material should be very dry it means no humidity no water at all so solvents which we use for these reactions are mm, just prior to their use are uh, distilled to remove any trace of humidity the second we use for running these reactions uh, an atmosphere of argon or nitrogen this is just for uh, removing any kind of uh, again of humidity and water and so on and the third, as I said, these uh, chemical species are so reactive that many times, uh, almost for all the carbonoidic work, which is my habilitation um, work, we require very low temperatures. So m around minus 78 degrees, which is... 70? Minus 78. 78, 78 yes. okay. And this uh, is a very nice thing because it's just done with uh, dry ice and, uh, and, uh, and Aston or ethanol. It's also a nice thing to, to see. And perhaps uh, this is uh, also, for going a little bit outside the, the two chemistry, also a nice way to cool down also maybe drinks and so on. You can do the same, no? Yeah, it's getting foggy, right? Yeah, <laughs> and at that time, I, this was, I think, the first time I saw in Manchester, because there was a bar, very, very uh, glamour bar in Manchester called The Alchemist, and they were just uh, providing cocktails, drinks and so on, gin and tonic and so on, uh, Long Island, in, uh, in glass material for uh, the chemical laboratory and one of the way of um, cooling down substances was just adding some some dry ice and so it was also a way to do not disconnect too much from my chemistry no because even when i went out i, I found <laughs> the tools of my job yes <laughs> that's nice okay so um 
you're more in developing methods than in substances. Do I get that right? Or is it... Uh, I mean, uh, this is because uh, the development of methods is just uh, my own research field. The work for synthesizing drugs, we always do it in collaboration with other groups in the department. So when colleagues need some kind of uh, drugs, they contact me and we assemble the synthesis in the... I mean, it's not possible to say uh, we have finished this series of substances in one week, in two weeks or in uh, six months. But usually this is the way. And so um, almost everyone in the group of my students has always like a main synthetic development project plus uh, something like related to the synthesis of drugs. Because this is very important. Many times uh, the synthesis of drug candidates is accomplished with very well established methods in synthesis. So in theory, always, of course, you cannot say that it's always like that, but in theory, yes. And this in principle, but very in principle, the synthesis of a drug candidate should be easier, should be easier than the development of new, of new methods. This is, but uh, I mean, this is a very, very uh, general concept which cannot, uh, under no circumstance, can consider like a definitive concept. Are these methods universally? So, can you use one method for a lot of different substances, or mm. do you need one method for every? It depends on the on the on the uh, structural behavior of the substances. If we have, uh, I would say, a common nucleus, the so-called pharmacophore, as uh, pharmaceutical chemists say. Maybe it's possible, but otherwise should be evaluated case by case. And a third important aspect of our work is also the structural elucidation. Because, uh, of course, when we think, we, uh, when we run a synthesis, when we do a synthetic work in the lab, we are not like writing in the whiteboard from A plus B, I get only C. You can have C plus D, plus unreacted material. And so one important thing in the, in the, in the synthetic work is also finding a suitable solution for purifying. And many times, uh, mainly for labile compounds, the purification can be a big issue because compounds can decompose, can destroy themselves. And uh, we need pure compounds for two main aspects. First, for having a really proof of the structure we hypothesize. Because it's not that we think the, the reactivity is a given one and we have just this compound. Even some rearrangement, some strange thing can happen. It is it's perhaps very, it can happen very often. In the other one, because the compounds which are uh, devoted for biological essays should be of the highest purity. And so this is a very important moment that many times is, I would say, the most consuming time in our workshop. And uh, another important aspect, I say, was the structural elucidation. This is uh, mainly accomplished with uh, two methods. I, mean, I would say the, the big one we use is the, the um, nuclear magnetic resonance. On this is the same uh, physical principle that um, people use in the hospital no? for doing like a, the same, but we just do on... Uh, on uh, and uh, in this, uh, I have to thank two very important uh, people in our department, Professor uh, Wolfgang Goldser and Professor Ernst Urban, who uh, lead this unit. And uh, usually our students, when they get a new compound or they, be, or they think they have a new pure compound, they provide to these specialists the material for doing the analysis and eventually for confirming or not confirming. 
I have read that if you do this synthesis, you need a catalyst or somehow, and that there are discussions about the ecological impacts mm -hmm. you are doing there. Can you say something about that? Is this a thing or is was this just I've one discussion I found? I mean, regardless, the, uh, the, the reaction is run under catalytic or non-catalytic condition. There is a big issue in uh, synthetic chemistry, which is, I would say, uh, the use of non-eco-friendly conditions. Because uh, mainly, and I would say much more than during the true synthesis, many of the waste which are produced during the chemical synthesis arise from the purification steps. So, as I said, we need pure compounds. And for doing this, we many times we use uh, one procedure, which is called chromatography. Okay, so uh, compounds are packed into columns, okay, which contain like a stationary phase using silica, alumina, and so on. And they are eluted through the flow of an organic solvent. These organic solvents mainly are uh, hydrocarbons. So they come from petrol. And this concept per se would say that chemical synthesis can be contaminating. A very important aspect and that I would say in the last 10-15 years came out in the chemical community was the concept of environmental bending synthesis or green chemistry. So there are, uh, I think, uh, an outstanding paper from uh, Paul Anastas, who is one of the, of the father of this uh, new concept of doing total synthesis. And uh, he was establishing the so-called 10 principles of green chemistry. And uh, in this 10 principles of green chemistry, he was saying that the purification should be undertaken under the best bending conditions. And so nowadays there is a strong interest in using alternative and non-contaminating solvents for doing that. And I would say there is a good, uh, there are good perspective on this way, even if these non-contaminating solvents many times are much, much more expensive mm. than the classical ones. But I think it should be solved this problem because also for health issues, Of course, working with these uh, toxic solvents is not uh, nice, and for this we have to use uh, particular care for uh, handling them. I can imagine that the pharmaceutical industry has their own research departments mm -hmm. and institutions. How is the relation between private institutions, research institutions for the pharmaceutical industry and the public ones at universities? Can you say something about that? I think there are, I would say there is a good uh, share of concepts and even collaboration between industry and university. So uh, even if, as you said, they own, they Uh, their own research units. But of course, I think uh, the academic research is important because at least the academic research, in my opinion, has uh, one big advantage that puts the basis for future development. And of course, it's uh, like a non-profit uh, research, so it's completely free. It's just in the hands of the researchers. So I think uh, uh, academicians, we provide... Um, theoretical and, bas and basic solutions, which then can be applied at uh, uh, industrial or uh, company level. Who decides what will be researched at the university? I think, uh, um, think it's mainly depending on the group leader, based also on the funding he gets. I think, for example, when we apply for a fellowship for a student of a research project, we have to, to provide 
uh, a convincing uh, project, convincing program. And uh, so I think it's mainly the, uh, the head of the group who put the helm of the investigation. Do you know what happens to your research findings when they're out in the world? I mean, can they be used for something which you don't, uh, how to say, you, you wouldn't <laughs> find good, used for bad things, chemical weapons, something like that? What, what happens with your research findings? Are they public? Or? Yes, maybe yes. from uh, public agencies. Yes, okay. Or okay. from university. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would, I, I would, I, I would say that maybe it's possible. Hopefully not that the funding level will go down. But I think uh, it's not realistic that mm -hmm. it will be completely devoted to other aspects like uh, production of chemical weapons and so on. I would say that I mean, at least in in solid countries like Austria, like Europe, and so on. I would say this is not uh, so realistic, awfully, concept. You are also collaborating with colleagues who are active in drug design and you were talking about computer modeling yeah. before. Can you model something on a computer which is depends on natural substances? How, how does that work? How Can you model something on the computer? I'm not a specialist. I think what is uh, the basic idea behind this mm, they model the biological target of a given compound. I mean, for example, a protein, a receptor, okay? And so on that receptor, which many times is also like, is known the crystal structure of this, they start to do like uh, physical essays, mainly via uh, computer methods. Mm -hmm. And on those, in that context, they just provide like uh, a fragment which can interact with this uh, uh, molecular uh, target. And so, I mean, after they uh, just also with uh, statistical methods, they elaborate this, uh, uh, this fragment and finally they ask the synthetic chemist to produce, to prepare like a relatively big selection of compounds which will be tested. So this is, I think, the main relation we have. Let's talk about your job as a such. As your group leader, is it more about administration or more about actual research? I would say... Uh, There is a substantial part of administration, but it's not too much. I think my work is mainly scientific. So yes. you have to, you have the time to do the research and. I mean, I'm, I'm not working uh, in the lab myself with the lab coat, but of course my work is mainly studying, studying and writing, studying and, and thinking a lot. So also for this is not a job I should do just in my office. I can do it. Uh, I mean, I'm this, this content, I'm also very, very grateful to the university, which allows us to be a little bit flexible with that. So many times, I mean, even if uh, I'm taking a coffee in the bar of the center, I can think, I can uh, do my chemistry. Sure. And uh, of course, part of my work, I always uh, do it uh, at home, mainly because I like working in the evenings. Very, also very light in the end. This is the time when I write my papers and so on. And how is the uh, relation between re research and teaching? Honestly, I, I have not so many teaching loading, in part because of the German. But I think from next year will change because we have the university launched a new uh, master program in drug uh, design and development in which I will have uh, uh, teaching loading as well. But uh, for the moment, uh, um, I would say that uh, also for getting the habilitation I needed teaching uh, I'm teaching I think from two three years ago synthetic chemistry advanced synthetic uh, chemistry I think it's called 
And uh, I would say it's a personal preference. Maybe I really like much, much more the research. I prefer that aspect. But even I like the teaching, mainly when it's something I really... Because, I mean, also organic chemistry is something, a, a, a broad subject. So you have a different uh, phase, different aspects. And uh, you, I mean, it's normal, it's human to have like your uh, favorite field of the organic chemistry. It's like, I mean, like a physician. I mean, uh, everyone, I mean, every graduated in medicine is a physician, but after there is like the specialist in neurology, the specialist in cardiology and so on. When I'm taking a look at your CV, it makes me think you're always on the go in between uh, presentations and publications and conferences. What constitutes the life of a researcher in the 21st century as you are now, apart from being good at research? The big part of my... I mean, um, when I am in Vienna, in my, in my office, I go even maybe 10 times per day to see my students in the lab or talking with them and so on. So it's also trying to give some advice, commenting some results, giving idea or giving advice on how to run another step of the reaction run other reactions, thinking on possible alternatives to some uh, something which ends with uh, failure. This is a very important part of the job. Uh, my, I would say that uh, the, the job I could not maybe delegate is just uh, thinking on the next steps, on how to continue the work and mainly how to condense the results of the work in papers. Because finally, I think what we produce is pa uh, our papers. And uh, uh, just, um, I think a few days ago, I was thinking on, on, a, on, a, on an important aspect. I do not consider, I consider myself like a normal organic chemist. So the chemistry we do is, in my opinion, of um, very good level, but we are not uh, stars able to um, revolutionate the world. So uh, a very important aspect of our job is also <coughs> how do we sell our results. And this is a very important aspect of the job. Because, uh, for example, I had a really nice paper that has been just accepted in one of the highest journals in, uh, in chemistry, Angevante Chemie. And uh, writing the introduction of that paper took me up to six months. But uh, I would say I, mean, I was not uh, writing. I was not writing uh, an encyclopedia. Just four-page work was, and I know because when I someone some editor is sending me some paper to review, that the uh, most important aspect, in my opinion, a part of the results, is the introduction. And so for six months, I mean, it was not something I was doing every single moment of these six months, but something I had always in my mind, and this was. And finally, I mean, we are very happy that finally I could find the way to condense all this part of the job. And we, we were very happy. Also because this is uh, one of my, uh, I mean, I think is my highest publication till now. And uh, is uh, I would say, one of my last reactions I did myself with my hands in the lab. So now we are more than happy with this. I mean, and after, of course, my, my students continued it. Okay, uh, Vittorio, where should your journey go, your academic journey? What are milestones you want to reach? Is there something on your plan? I mean, now, I mean, uh, with habitation, I mean, I try to just to stay here uh, with uh, the full professorship. And I mean, uh, I'm more than happy with this. Yes. I, I don't know if after, because I, I have to say one thing, that uh, to be a scientist is something that came from uh, uh, the education from my father. I am a little bit uh, interested also in administrative things. 
So maybe, I don't know, in the future, something uh, related also with more administration. But I don't think uh, the uh, my feeling toward research will change because, I, I mean, I like very much it. And also, I think now it's also nice because it's a way to connect different people to new new people. Uh, and the University of Vienna, in this sense, is uh, is uh, very supporting for for these activities. For example, at the Faculty of Pharmacy, at the Institute of Pharmacy, we have a special guest lecturers program. So uh, people, uh, I mean, um, academic staff could invite uh, uh, leading scientists from uh, from Europe, even from uh, from outside Europe. And uh, in these last years, I mean, since I arrived, we brought to Vienna, we invite to Vienna uh, really big names of the contemporary organic chemistry so it's also an excellent way to make bridges with other opportunities because also organic chemistry is a science but also is uh, i would say it's uh, very important to cultivate human human relationships with uh, uh, with uh, with other people i mean you cannot say i am the best uh, and all what other people say it or publish it is uh, is a crap you cannot say that so it's very important also to to connect it and to be in touch with people and i think uh, uh, in this context, I would say that I'm quite diplomatic and I try always to, to consider this like a beneficial event for the university, for my group and uh, also for the Oslo, which, of course, will be happy to visit a nice city like Vienna is. Is there a field of research you want to explore uh, in the future you haven't yet? I mean, uh, I am now uh, very happy with my lithium chemistry and with my projects on the synthesis of more, uh, drugs. I would say I would slightly change I'm now in the process of writing an application for funding, but the basic concept uh, for the for the moment I'm not thinking to change it. I mean I cannot say, but yeah, sure. also because it's important that, uh, of course, when you become familiar with uh, with uh, with the subject, maybe you can easily recognize things that maybe even one two years before you were not able, and so it makes you mature on that subject. And uh, after it starts like a, a relationship between the subject and the researcher, and uh, I wouldn't say I will be motivated to leave my actual chemistry. Okay, Vittorio, thank you very much for being here. A big at pleasure. The Alumni Audio Lab in our fifth issue. And I wish you good luck with your work in the future. And thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. A big pleasure. Alumni Audio Lab.